Hey guys, and welcome back to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Is I, the bearded one, the one with the golden tone, Sterling. And as always, I am joined by the wrestler, yes sir, Justin. Hey, Cinema fans, how's everybody doing out there? When I'm not being the face that runs the place in a wrestling ring, I'm chilling, maxing, relaxing, and watching your favorite movies. How's everybody doing? And we also have the one person that has been on every episode of the podcast, and that is because she is the leading lady of all of your hearts, Heather. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. Um, We hope that you like what we have in store, and we hope you enjoy. And we also have the candy bar in human form, Devin. Thanks for making the choice to listen to the man with the caramel voice. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation because we like talking to you. We've got a really special episode ahead for you guys. We are kind of going back in time a little bit to something we had talked to a few people about before. We are talking about Rebel Without a Crew. Uh, It does come out on the El Rey Network this week. Yesterday, in fact, because this is Monday when this is coming out. So we hope all you guys watch that. If not, try to catch it again so you can watch the second episode that will be the following Sunday. But tonight, we are joined by... Phaedra herself from the Phaedra movie, Sarah Burgett. Hiya. So, Sarah, we start all the episodes off when we have guests with a series of three questions. Alrighty. That are kind of loosely based off uh, Rick's questions whenever he comes across some survivors in the uh, apocalypse from Walking Dead. Okay. Um, <laughs> and we, we changed the format just a little bit to simplify it. And you're the first person with this new format. Uh, so we are just starting it off with what are your top three TV shows? Oh, um, I actually watch a lot of historical fiction, um, a lot of British TV. Um, so right now I'm really into Outlander, um, which I think is on stars. I now that I've moved I, to LA, I actually I actually have uh, like real TV now that I live out here. So I've been able to. Like binge watch a bunch of things that I had never seen before because I hadn't watched a lot of TV. Um, so I'm getting a little bit more acquainted with what's actually on. Um, and I um, recently watched um, The Orville, which is totally in an opposite direction, um, but was a really surprisingly awesome show. Um, and third, um, trying to think. A lot, of, a lot of like crime stuff. Um, I've been acting in a lot of uh, reenactment of crime things. So I don't know if that's a uh, kind of like mirroring of um, stuff. But I also like a lot of um, period pieces uh, watching like the deuce. Um, and that would be probably currently my top three. Awesome. That's a good variety. Quick question. You said that mm-hmm. you like you've acted a lot of reenactments. Um, have you ever seen the documentary yes. casting John Bonet? I did, yes, and I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was it was really intense, but I really enjoy the format of it. Um, it was very unique. Um, really it cool. wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I just loved everybody's different interpretations and the way they read the characters yeah. and the people and you know their own personal yeah. biases and, and and everything. And it just it wasn't what I thought. I thought it was just going to be another you know. True crime, but did you know yeah, that John Bonet ate yeah, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> and there was jelly sandwich on her body? You like, you know, I thought it was going to be something like that. Exactly. Well, I think that because it's a story that has been interpreted and like and deconstructed and tried to be explained in so many different theories, 
that taking an approach like this to kind of reflect that um, from what is going on in um, popular opinion and the rest of society um, was really interesting. Um, and I think it like gave it an extra couple layers um, for the audience. Yeah, I loved it. And um, big ups on the deuce, too, because that's a great show. I haven't finished it, but I'm loving it. OK, <laughs> I'll let you get to the rest of it. Oh, it's it's good. Well, no, I was going to say I have to give you props on uh, the Orville because I love that show. Um, I am not a big Seth MacFarlane fan in the yeah. slightest, but well, he does have his humor a little bit in the show and I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, whatever on that. Other than that, though, it is pretty much an amazing Star Trek series at heart. Yeah, I actually I actually um, when I first moved here, I ended up um, meeting uh, the guy who plays Lieutenant John Lamar at a poker game. Um, and I had never heard of the Orville and there were, they were asking me like, yeah, he's on this show. And I was like, oh, the what? The, like the popcorn? Like what? I wasn't sure. And so I promised <laughs> that I would go home and watch this show. And so while doing laundry, I watched the entirety of season one in like a day and some change. Um, and I was so surprised at how on point it was with current events and how it tackled so many controversial topics in such a palatable, like accessible way and had just so many just conversations and situations that um, spoke to what's going on in the world and done in a very funny, very current, very um, Seth MacFarlane in certain ways um, way of presenting it. And I thought it was just really, really cool. Um, so I like screened or I took a picture of us like watching the finale and he was very appreciative and I, yeah, it was a really cool show. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I tremendously love that show. Like when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, come on. But <laughs> I was like, not sure at all. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing in a lot of like review or interviews and stuff like that, that Seth MacFarlane is like a huge Star Trek fan. I was like, all right, well, I'll give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And it really is. It's like you said, they tackle a lot of like yeah, just serious like, topics and they don't always shy away from it either. They kind of hit it like oh, right they, on yeah. the head when they go at it. I mean, like, for example, the episode um, about uh, female genital mutilation, mutilation. Thank you. Um, and uh, transgender and um, the whole that character is like a rock um how all of his species are all male and there are no females and they like come from eggs and then he Mm -hmm. has a daughter and what are they going to do about that? Um, And how they have a whole trial about whether or not the um, parents, which parent can decide whether or not they're going to have a sex change surgery on this newborn baby. Um, And they definitely don't shy away from it and they, talk about um, the capabilities of women and their strengths. And they always recite um, this one author and they finally find as like a last witness, this author who's in the woods. And it turns out that she's actually female. And instead of having the surgery, her parents hid her away in the mountains. And that was like her contribution to society. So it was it was just a really, I think, like beautifully done uh, episode that tackled so many different topics. And it didn't felt it didn't feel forced either. Um, So that was just one example of what I thought was really cool about the show. Yeah, I feel like I need to watch it more now. I saw the first, I want to say, two or three episodes of it. And it mm-hmm. was funny, but I just hadn't, I hadn't gotten a, through the rest of it. Yeah, I think it does take a little warming up, too. 
but also Outlander is a great choice because that is a beautiful show. Mm. Like just the just the scenery of it and the acting is incredible and just the, the Scottish history. Yeah, everything. It's so I yeah, it's great. I have um my mother is very into ancestry and genetics and things. I think ever since I did one family um genealogy um project and so we do have a lot of scottish um heritage my brother also went to university um the university of edinburgh and so we've had a lot of ties to scotland as of over the last eight or so years um so it's really cool to like know where certain things are and to like buff up on the history and have been to the castles and um sung in some of them uh yeah, I don't know. I really like knowing the history as well of certain things, and that's super it's cool. So beautiful. Yeah, and I heard like the theme song of the show is like the Scottish, like um, like a big song in Scotland. I can't remember what they call it, but I just heard that it was apparently like a very well known yeah. Scottish song. Yeah, yeah, that was. Well, really there's cool. a lot of things that are transferred via song of like histories, and um, especially with like the Gaelic language, um, and being in uh, like pubs and things like that, you always hear the singing. Um, and yeah, there's certain songs that are very, um, very beautiful and very popular. Yeah. All right. So we'll go to question two. What are your top three movies? Oh, um, I'm going to go with the movies that I could watch over and over and over again because I hate playing favorites. But I also <laughs> don't like watching movies usually more than once, um, maybe twice. I don't know. It's it's very strange. Um especially for someone who's in the industry. Um, and I love um, them all, but I would have to go with, I said Clueless um, earlier, and we'll do Boondock Saints and Empire Records. Maybe The Beatles Help. Those are probably the ones that I've seen at least 10 times each. And yeah, or Princess Bride. Yeah, that's probably way too many. I used to be in <laughs> love with that movie. Used to, used to be in- oh, yeah. My friend showed it to me once and we did the typical like young girl thing where you pick whomever you think like you would want to be your boyfriend or your friend or who you would be in the movie. (laughs) Oh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Nobody ever loves Rocco. He would appreciate you. Oh, no, no, no. It was just with a pair of best friends with one of the twins, you know. With the whole boob grab of the passed out stripper. So... Yeah, for a 15-year-old girl, mm, it's not quite the... uh, Getting her going kind of thing. <laughs> no one wanted Willem Dafoe either. Come on, man. Well, he wouldn't really but want that. But that's okay. Back. But this is your ideal fantasy, right? You can just be like, ah, no more gay for you. True, true. You just, yeah, yeah, now yeah, you don't. Yeah. I took your wheel away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's an amazing, amazing actor. I love him in pretty much everything. Um, Even that bad. movie he was in with Madonna. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> when you see his penis. <laughs> Anyone that I've seen him in. <laughs> Oh, but I've not seen yeah, it. I will there's not. this hot oil scene, <laughs> and I video. saw that when I was like a very small child, and it really Ooh. disturbed me uh, to my core to this day. I yeah, don't do it. <laughs> Duly noted. All right, and then the third question: When it comes to movies and TV shows, what's your biggest guilty pleasure, and why? Hmm. I don't have a lot of like probably your typical guilty pleasure. I guess like reality stuff. I never. I've never actually seen like an episode of the Kardashians or the Jersey Shore or any of that, uh, or like UFC or anything. But when it comes to tea, I like a lot of like 90s, like romance kind of movies. Um, and 
every now and then we'll just like go on a binge of terrible Hallmark movies for some reason. Uh, I think it's probably because something uh, my mom and I used to do together. And um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I can just sit there and watch them for just like one day, probably. And it has to be like very sporadically done. Um, but yeah, that's probably something that I feel definitely a lot of shame for <laughs> at the end. <laughs> I mean, no, I get that because I, I watch a lot of the uh, Hallmark Mystery and Movies channel. Uh-huh. Like, you know, where they do the random like TV movies that are like kind of a series also. It's like Murder, She Baked. Yeah, yes. Murder, She Baked. Yes, they're always uh, the one woman. Murder, she, she Baked. baked. <laughs> I think she's, is it the one where she's the baker and she ends up like, or she has a bakery and she always ends up in the middle of like a murder or something in the small town and the police yeah. she like aids them. Yeah. Okay. I've definitely. <laughs> oh, seen... there's like there's like six or seven of those now. Yeah. And like, like how much murder is going on in the small town? Th- this baker is the one that solves it all. Like the yeah. police force completely inept. This baker totally is idiots. so contrived. <laughs> that is the most contrived thing. I've ever that sounds. Oh, it's it's fantastic. so great. Oh, God. It's so great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, I have watched a few, like this one show. Oh, it's bad. Of that, uh, it's a British like makeover show uh, called "A Hundred Percent Hotter." I think I've they only have that. one episode. But oh my! Oh my god! Gosh. It's so bad. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I've oh, never man. heard of that, but just the name of it sounds like that's probably they, a gold. They take standard. someone who has been like nominated by themselves or their friends and they are just at the end of whatever spectrum of style or look that they were going for whether it's wearing hardly any clothes or making their clothes out of like candy or wearing like lingerie to the office and not understanding why they're not getting the job and it's actual like (laughs) literal lingerie with like I think one kid so one kid was like addicted to hairspray and this big like buffon like poof thing along with like self tanner and so they take them they like break down their look and then they take their photo and they go out in the public and they start asking people to rate them on a scale of one to ten oh, and then no. they show them these videos obviously it's like they pick which ones and they take an average and they tell them like whatever the average is so some people it's like the public said that you were a 2.3. That's so <laughs> depressing. How did you feel? <laughs> and then they make them do like an exercise and either like self-esteem. So with the hairspray kid, they took him to like where there was like this wind turbine thing that would like one of those big industrial fans. And if his hair, they kept turning it up. And if his hair didn't move at like the highest setting, which like toppled all sorts of things, then he was wearing too much hairspray, which was of course the case. <laughs> Um, and he was like, yeah, I guess, I guess I am wearing a bit too much then. Yeah. Probably should check that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, probably. But then they have this like whole transformation of it's okay. They're all make unders really. Um, but they have this like emotional breakthrough and then they get this whole style look. Um, and then they get their photo taken and taken out to the public and, everyone says like oh my god they're beautiful they pick which one like who's the hotter one and in the end like they tell them their score and it's always 100 percent hotter because it's easy if it's like a 2.3 you only have to be like 4.6 afterwards but (laughs) so they they've got they've got a large like room for like their risk level is very low but uh they they did get a little hitting harder at the end um with a little bit more like deep stories 
But yeah, that was definitely a guilty pleasure. <laughs> I could see someone being able to binge watch that very easily. Yes. Yeah, because they have three people on every episode. Um, so it's, it okay. cuts between things really um, well. Or like, I think like, yeah, two, maybe two people. Um, so it's very fast paced. Um, so it's easy to watch and watch a lot. Have you seen a 90 day fiance before? That is another one. That is another one that is 100% worth your time. 98 fiance is like, they get some girl from Uh Romania and she's like, I made a robot on, on RussianWise.com. And he told me he is American prince. And then they go, they go to meet him. And he's like oh, some goodness. dude who's like forty six. So it's like a catfish, All, almost. Style. But so, but it's it's who's the cat? It's Mail who's the catfisher? Because sometimes it's like heartbreaking stories. Like sometimes it's like oh. this dude's like, well, I lost my wife in a train wreck, and she almost survived. But then the train. Yeah. With a bunch of puppies and it, then the, the train, train exploded and right. the puppies through her then chest. Cancer and, then... <laughs> and then she still survived that. One of the yeah. puppies had a <laughs> He's like, and I just didn't know what to do. I tried to date again, but I just couldn't do it. Here in America, I just kept finding American women who reminded me of her. And that's why I went to, you know, the LithuanianBrows.com. That's then, so sad. One eight hundred order a babe. Episodes where it's just like, <laughs> um, I sent this girl seventy five thousand dollars. So, so thousand so dollars Like it's just these various spectrums, and it, it, it and the couples are all oh, kinds goodness. of mismatched. I mean, they'll be this hundred and twenty pound Indian guy in like a. Uh, 260 pound you know divorcee Ukrainian yeah, it's just, grandma it's just, you're like this is <laughs> never going to work this is never going to work and, it, and most of them don't but there is one couple that I think is still together and they were kind of cute so it's really it's you know it's definitely not um, a highbrow TV it's not you're not watching you know Kramer or anything. Yeah. You're not no. watching it to learn. No, you're not going to learn anything. anything. <laughs> you haven't already learned about humanity and how we're pretty much fucked and yeah. we're awful. But it's great TV. Yeah. As as an actor, and I'm so I'm constantly, I'm also call myself an unpaid auditioner. You know, that's that's kind of the job is to audition on audition and go through like self tapes and stuff. And so looking at the casting calls and the breakdowns, you see a lot of these like reality programs. And I sometimes just like read what they're looking for. <laughs> some of them are very, very specific. And uh, some others are just very goofy. I actually got a email about um a dating show. Uh, I think that's like for Jewish grandmothers to set you up. Um, which I politely declined, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. The kind of things that, um, they make shows out of. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Everything. There's very niche, um, things out there. Wow. All I know is I really hope I get to watch a show where Jewish grandmothers set people up now. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know where it's going to be or what it is. They were just like, would you like to be on that show? It's like, Bubby knows best, I think. Um, and it's like, and they're like reality star grandmas. They're like reality. There you go. Bubbies knows best. There's your plug. (laughs) Man, I would watch the shit out of that. And I want more screen time for grandma. I don't want it to be a whole bunch. I just want her to be there like on every date and every interaction. Uh, you know, I just wanted to be there. (laughs) 
uh, that will, I will watch that. I'm pretty sure they're they're yeah. very savage about it too. <laughs> I love it. And just to be on the right. audition where the grandmas are nitpicking you, oh man, that would be mm-hmm. way better than American Idol. <laughs> way better than American Idol. Just the girl <laughs> walks in. No, no, not for Seymour. Heavens, nobody. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you really don't have to sell me any more than you already have. How much I'm does in. it cost? Right. I, just want a gun I don't, I don't need any more. Go fund me. I'm down. I will do it. Yes. We're gonna start. <laughs> yeah, and listen, right. we will rally for another dog, Golden Knights, baby. <laughs> Right. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I'm all down for supporting new things, and I'm so down to support that show. Uh, I, I want to buy merch for that. I want a show <laughs> that's a, a, like a T-shirt <laughs> that says that on there. I am totally down for that. As soon as they get some catchphrases, they get some socks oh, yeah. with some of those on them, because you know they're going to have <laughs> those. They're going to have their catchphrases. Fun graphic socks. That's like the new. Like I think they're like the new ties, and I think they're. Uh, yeah, they're awesome. crazy socks. You got to yeah. keep the sock game up. Yeah, my best friend got me a pair that has like your like cartoon kind of housewife looking graphic. Um, and it has a little orange cat in it. It says, My cat is cool as fuck. Um, so <laughs> she likes to <laughs> give me lots of cat themed items. I think um it's kind of going on for a couple years now is she's the one who she's the reason why I have both of them um also working in film. So we give each other uh certain themed presents for like every occasion that's, that's, that's pretty cute <laughs> i can get behind that you know the best that thing about cool. having like crazy socks yeah. is right. i love dressing up very professional and, and looking very nice and then having like the wildest fucking sock on because it's like my and little having... secret i'm walking around with and then oh, you like you like so throw good. your leg over like you're sitting with your legs crossed and somebody just kind of sees it and they're just it's like kinda what's sexy. in there it's kind of sexy you dark mysterious right. stranger is that a <laughs> Is, is that a exactly yeah, you're is, like is a little peak a, of the ankle? Like, ooh, is that a unicorn yeah, drinking a slurpee yeah. instead of a horn on its head? It's a banana. What's going on there? <laughs> Why it is? Well, so yes, it is. is. <laughs> I'm married, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so mysterious. <laughs> Well, I think that's a perfect segue into, you know, Phaedra and Rebel without a crew. So <laughs> absolutely <laughs> perfect. If anybody says anything about me, it's I'm the king of transitions. So, yes. So Phaedra, Rebel without a crew. Yes. So the first thing that comes to mind from the show that I do have to ask is the episode where they show the auditions. Yes. Like From a viewer's <laughs> perspective, that looked like pure insanity. Like, it just yeah, looked like you were walking was... into a room of insanity. So, like, what was that like for you yeah. as an, like, being one of the people in that room? What yeah. was that like? So, f- rewind to the night before at about uh, 5.30 something. I get an email from my agent asking if we, if I'm available for a mixer tomorrow in Austin at 10 a.m. for this project. They're very vague about things. And I... um was actually on a first date. So I was trying not to check my phone. And then I went to the restroom and I checked it. And Holy shit. I got a thing tomorrow. Uh, give me a second. So I had until six o'clock to reply. So luckily I had 20 minutes. Um, so 7 a.m. the next morning, two other um, actors uh, who are also with my agency, we all uh, got in my car, drove to Austin, um, got there and see this really long line of people outside. And they're like, all right, extras over here. Um, and they're like, well, wait, what's 
uh, we're, we're here for the audition for the mix. And they're like, yeah, extras over here. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So we all start filing in after like signing our paperwork and release forms and things. So I'm like, well, why are they signing release forms and stuff? So we soon found out that it was being filmed. Um, the amazing, beautiful Best Sepco um, explained what was going to go on. Um, and so we're standing on this soundstage at Troublemaker. And there's probably like 200 something people. And they've grouped us in um, basically what your typecast is. So we've got our grandmas over here and our um, homeless older men over one side, your bad boys. Um, your girl next door is your drag queens, um, et cetera. And nobody really can feel what's going on. There's like, well, you're in your typecast, your um, groupings, and you don't know whether or not like to see everybody's competition or what's even going on because you don't know anything about what the projects are. And then they announce that the filmmakers are going to come in and that we're supposed to cheer really, really loudly. Um, and so of course they walk into this room and I'm sure that they have no idea what's going on, a uh, reality TV surprise. Um, and they're just bombarded by like 200 something people yelling and clapping, um, for them. And, uh, then it, uh, then they just kind of descended into the mass of people and were supposed to audition quote unquote, um, people for the roles and there was no method to the madness there was kind of just Scarlett ran around looking at people she would stop and then decide to hand sides to like one person and so you would kind of stand there nervously I of course had really wasn't sure what was going on or if there was even a part that I could audition for because you don't even know what they are um and I found I got a copy of it um, of the sides and I tried to memorize one for another film. Um, and we and I didn't read for it. Um, I, I didn't get Sorry, I didn't get the sides to Phaedra. I got the sides to a um, another one of the films. I think it was Alejandro's um, and stood in line for that. And then it came. They said that there was a big break um, and that. They had to cut for lunch for the crew. Um, and I'd only read for Alejandro's, um, film at this point and everyone was unsure of what was going on. Um, but they said we could come back later. Um, so we all decided and like talked with each other and decided that we were going to stay. Um, and so we come back and I was waiting for one of, um, the other actors, my friend Drake Malone, who is always, uh, been like my scene partner and everything and so I was like well fine I'll wait for him I guess so I'm awkwardly waiting and nervously next to or in the vicinity of where uh, Scarlett is seated with her camera and people are reading for the role and I keep looking over and I don't know what to do and I'm being awkward for some reason and very <laughs> nervous and finally one of um, my friends there said well, he kind of physically uh, moved me into that direction and just said, just go fucking read for the role, Sarah, and quit being a little bitch about it. And I was like, all right, Mo, I will go over there and I will go read for the role. So I went over um, to Scarlett and asked if she was still uh, having people read for the role. And she said yes. Um, so I, I had left my headshot there earlier because we had no idea whether or not um, we would 
be back or be able to read for anything. So it was kind of just get your headshot to anyone um, possible and try to talk to people, uh, talk to one of these five directors with all of these other people around while being respectful of like their space and not getting in the way of the cameras or anything. Um, so I stood in front of Scarlett. She handed me uh, the sides. I had about 10 seconds or so of looking them over. I asked her a couple questions about where she wanted me to go with it. Um, as you can probably hear from the show, there's a, a lot of screeching and screaming um, in that uh, section of the um, those sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the whole day, you just every now and then hear just this yell or a yelp or shrieking. Um, so I wasn't sure if I wanted to go in that same direction as what I had heard everyone. Um, I was actually the last person to audition for um, the role. Uh, so they like packed up like pretty much right after I read. Um, so it was kind of just slipping in right under the gate. Um, wow. And yeah, after she told me where she wanted the character to be and kind of unpacked just a tiny bit more um, about it, I read for it and then said thank you. And then we drove as fast as we could back to Houston. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was a lot of anticipation, a lot of nerves and a lot of confusion and not knowing, which is a lot of being an, an actor, especially in, um, in that region and that market. Um, and then it just unbelievably turned out, um, that I got an email like two days later saying, thanks for being on board. And I was like, what am I on board? Oh, Phaedra. Oh, Oh, all Phaedra is Phaedra. Um, so yeah, it was kind of uh, it was kind of a oh that's fact moment. I was like, oh, I did not anticipate that actually going my way at all. Um, wasn't sure about kind of. It's great to watch the show and to be able to see everything that happened because there's a lot of moments where I was like, I don't remember what happened that day at all because I filmed every single day. Um, hmm. so there's, it's nice to be refreshed of like, oh, I can actually see how it went, like what we did. It's, it's an experience that pretty, I doubt anyone else can ever say they have of being able to watch the process because it's always so hard and you can't quite articulate the experience and explain it. Um, but to be able to have something and say, see, no, this is what we did. This is, we worked our asses off and this is where things almost broke down, but it didn't. And this is how we MacGyvered that situation. Um, and it's really cool to be able to not only have the memories, but also have the footage <laughs> of it. So, wow, that was a lot to unpack, but, but I do have one question. So you're in this room, there's 200 people you've gotten in, you know, your club It's right back at high school. The, the thing that you hated the most, mm -hmm. you have to get in your group. Well, I just see the thing with high school and me is I never fit into any category. People just didn't know what to do with me. So I just, didn't and I found friends outside of there and school was school. So I've never I've I've always been known as like the chameleon and being able to do femme fatale to high schooler to uh, detectives and, and wherever it needs to be an ingenue. Um, so I've never really known my type. Um, but yeah, so we were all around like the approachable, cute girl next door vibe. But that can be anything these days. Um, so that was, yeah, stressful well, I can identify, <laughs> back in high school. I can identify, I can, I can identify that not really fitting in anywhere, so having to make your own environment. environment. Mm -hmm. So the directors walk in and did you have a moment where you were like, yes. 
Oh, I want to work with that one. Just your psalm and you were like, man, you know what? I just I want to work with that one. Did that happen at all? Um, I I wasn't sure. I was just really excited to be a part of it. I think I definitely gravitated. Actually, the first conversation I had uh, was able to have was with Josh. Um, and I was really, yeah, I was really excited about his project and I had some, um, been working, brushing up on my special effects, makeup stuff, um, as well as doing, um, getting, I can't really watch horror movies (laughs) except for, uh, with like the subtitles on and the volume all the way down typically, (laughs) but I, I've been in a lot of them. I know it's goofy and I've. I've always been so fascinated by them when I was little and we would go to, um, well, and older, but I go to Blockbuster with my father and my brother and I, each of us would get a movie and we get a family movie. And while they were getting the movies, I would go to the horror movie section and I would read the jackets of all of the movies. (laughs) And then I was satisfied with that because I would get night terrors if I actually watched them. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's a that uh, um, But I love being a part of that. You're like, yeah, ooh, this, this would be oh, good I, if I, I read watched the back it. Of Children but... of the Corn <laughs> so many times. <laughs> oh, it's it's garbage. You'd never be afraid of that film, like ever. You could watch it. Yeah, you could watch it with someone you know killed people, and you still wouldn't be scared of that film. Well, see, that's the thing. Is like real life, like real life stories, <laughs> like based on true events of like serial killers, or whatever. That does not scare me. I have no idea what yeah. that's about, but it has to be anything that's like not real kind of things like vampires. I mean, actually, no, I'm cool with vampires pretty much, mostly because I've been mm-hmm. references one for a very long time. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Wait, hold on. Back up. Just the pale skin. Oh, and <laughs> Very, very pale. Um, I saw amongst, a picture of you. Uh, I, I, I've been stalking you a bit on social media. You don't look that pale to me. Oh? Well, I always look up, so... I always look up so I can just see like who am I talking to? What reference points? You know, yeah, reference points. do a little research. Yeah, do a little research so I'm just not like so. Uh, well, who who is this person here? They uh, <laughs> they uh. Well, if you go a little farther back, you see a very intense, red-headed, very pale uh, gal. I also went to school in New England, um, so there is a lack of sun as well as like a lot of covered up bits. So coming back to Texas, there was. Yeah, coming back Very to Texas. Reflective. Let's just say, like, lighting guys probably could use me as, like, a bounce uh, for <laughs> that, as well as I I, did, I recently did um, a, a short film, um, and my co star is black, and he is pretty much the opposite of me on the spectrum. So trying to, like, light that and color it, because I would always be blown out, and then it would be too dark on him. And it, yeah, so. It lighting is uh is it's tricky with me. <laughs> I bet you when you went back to Texas, have you ever seen Sunshine? <laughs> uh with Chillian Murphy. Um and you know, trying I don't to reignite the sun. Yeah. Where there's no, a scene where uh they're ex- they can only be exposed to certain amounts of sun rays and somebody gets caught out, there's like a heat shield from the light of the sun, so it doesn't, you know, incinerate mm-hmm. you and like one person gets caught out there. And they just get completely blasted by uh, the sun's rays. And I was like, was that what it was like when you went to Houston? Ooh. It was just like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> well, growing up, we would every now and then, um, my like three uh, friends that I had in high school, we would go to Galveston, which I'm not saying is a beach, but it's what we had. Um, <laughs> it's also where I learned how to serve. <laughs> yeah. I understand uh, what you mean by we, that. We may yes. do. I never actually went to Padre or anything, but we went to Galveston a few times. And um, 
I don't know how. Two of them are very fair skinned as well. Blonde hair, blue eyes on one. And they did not burn. I don't know what it was, but they didn't burn. Me, on the other hand, one day they tried to like teach me a lesson, I guess, about it because they only used like sun oil. And I was like, no, I need actual sunscreen. I'm sorry. I don't have whatever kind of magical nonsense you've got going on over there in your land. But my skin is going to end up like a lobster, which, of course, when they decided to use uh, suntan oil instead of the sunscreen that I asked to reapply on my back and like the back of my legs. I was also a swim coach at that time and had a meet later on that night. So a bunch of small oh, children grabbing the back of your legs. Oh, we had to wear like red polos, like no, really red no. polos. That was my skin. I almost got like sun poisoning. What um is so, sun yeah, oil? It was uh, exactly like that. What is sun oil? Just like your um, suntan oil, you know, like the no. coconut smelling. Um, no, no, actually. I don't know. No, I don't. Well, here, <laughs> Devin no, doesn't I've know what married. this is. <laughs> My wife is white. It's like cocoa butter, coconut oil thingy. It seems know. like you should put oil on your skin him. in the sun. It just seems like that's the opposite of what you want. I think so you fry. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know what? I don't want to be set on fire, so I'm going to cover myself in in kerosene, and that should keep keep me safe. Well, my mother and her <laughs> friends used baby oil back in yeah, the day. I've, I've known people who've done that shit, and that was that was yeah, and that's, that's scary. Cancer. That's uh, if you ever seen that. That's melanoma. That, that's, that's way the scarier. Recipe for yeah. melanoma. Way scarier than any horror film. They could have done. If they, oh if yeah. They, for if they sure. would put baby oil on Freddy Krueger and put him out in Houston sun, he would have looked way worse. Right. Okay. So once you, okay. So you were selected and everything. And, and so you just read a yeah. few lines, right? When did you find out exactly what Phaedra was about? And did, did you get to read the script for it? Was okay, this done so, kind uh, of as I'm, you guys <laughs> went? Because I know that there was a process to it and you only had a few days. So I was just wondering how that went once you started yeah, filming. So like I said, the uh, audition was on a Wednesday. I found out on a Friday and uh, they started filming, I think, on Monday. Uh, so I had about two days, I think on, I want to say Saturday, I got the script. Um, and Sunday I spent drove uh, driving in, I think, or maybe Monday I spent driving in, um, from Houston to Austin. So I basically packed up for a month in my car, um, and was trying to, uh, read the script in like bits and pieces. I wasn't sure what we were filming, what order we were filming in or anything. Um, so I just got, I think Monday, wow. they, she told me which scenes we were filming, like at the beginning. So I knew what, uh, what hair and makeup to do. Cause I did all my own hair and makeup on the, uh, shoot. Um, yeah, it was a, oh, wow. they really mean no crew. Oh. So, um, yeah, so I got ready for it and a lot of filming our scenes, um, they would do on the fly interviews every now and then. Uh, so sometimes they would ask us like, are you nervous for the next scene? Or like, what's, what's the next scene you're about to shoot? And unfortunately, a lot of the times they'd be like, I don't know what, what are we shooting right now? Because I have, um, okay, page 76. All right. Uh, look at, read it over. Like get read, read <laughs> it's somebody flying speed by. Read with me. Yeah. All right, let's go. Uh, I just need like six times. Okay. Read through it six times. Like 
maybe ask a question or two. You see me um, on the show, you see uh, Scarlett and I conferring a few times um, and then we would shoot um, pretty much after that. So there was not a lot of uh, intense preparation on that. It was a lot of on the fly um, kind of work. But the brilliant thing was, um, and another thing that I was so thankful for was how on the same page Scarlett and I were for everything. Um, our vision, my interpretation of Phaedra and her vision for just aligned probably like 95% of the time. Um, so she would, oh, she would awesome. say, say like, okay, we're going to shoot this. And at sometimes she'd be like, all right, I'm going to, I want you to, and I would ask her like, do you mind if I do it like once just to see like how it is? And then you can give me like the notes on it. And because we were able to like talk um, about it and I would do it and she'd be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. Cool. All right, let's move on. Like we don't have to do that again. Um, or with uh, makeup and hair, she would send me like one or two photos and we, she didn't know whether or not I, I said I had um, makeup experience, but as actors, we all uh, have maybe a little padded special skills section on our resumes. Um, they can get pretty creative. <laughs> um, so she was just trusting me with that. And luckily everything that I, um, thought of, she said that worked. Um, so that was, uh, really great. Made a lot easier. Well, that, I mean, that's definitely, well, that's definitely a testament to your talents because you. when you watch the film and we're not going to spoil it or anything, but just watching the film uh, that that definitely translates the the chemistry that you and Scarlett must have had because you can't tell just based mm-hmm. on your performance and anything that that's how yeah. the process went like <laughs> I could not tell that especially with the way it was shot the vibrant colors the outfits you were wearing it just seemed like a yeah. lot more time and consideration went into that than what did so I mean that's definitely well, a testament yeah. to you guys I mean that's <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed to hear that that's how much time you had or and such little preparation yeah. time or literally yeah, almost no yeah, preparation time. <laughs> so that's that's really awesome. Yeah, it was uh, pretty off the cuff, uh, a lot of things, but it 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 was just a perfect uh, combination of people and visions and um, it just worked out. So um, I wanted to ask you, with the lack of preparation, mm-hmm. um, did you pull from some other characters you've portrayed or did you have some real life inspiration? Because, you know, Phaedra's about that descent into madness. So did you have some, some yes. a, cat- a catalog of like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I-, I always want to try this. So I've done this before. How did that work out? Uh-huh. Uh, so... My style of acting, um, I think is like a combination of, um, a lot of, a little bit of method along with a lot of, um, full character breakdown as well as, um, bringing from my personal life. So depending on, um, the scene that we're doing, because Phaedra is going through such a transformation, um, and has such a character arc that there really isn't an, like an antagonist. It's kind of herself is her own worst enemy, if you will. Um, so I was able to choose different, almost different characters, um, to, for her to play, um, because she's at, it's, it's almost like, um, 
a caterpillar metamorphosis butterfly into a like maybe like an evil butterfly kind of thing. Um, but each Great one, analogy. each yeah, each like stage of her um, almost like psychosis and madness and darkness is she becomes this just very dark, um, magnificent being of uh, just a lot of a lot of aggression, a lot of a lot going on. Um, everything finally kind of bubbling to the surface, and um, I won't give everything away. Um, but yeah, it was a combination of pulling from certain memories, um, maybe certain people of depending on what the interaction or the scene was. Um, but there were a few um, definite characters um, from other um, films that I would take bits and pieces from. So it's a very kind of mosaic approach, I guess I'd say I have. That's cool. What What are some of the characters that you took some um, uh, influence well, from? Well, one of, I know Scarlett's influences was in the Valley of the Dolls, which I watched. I was able to yes. watch um, the night yes. before I got um, in. And there's definitely a lot of um, I things I think that are definitely influenced by that. Um, so getting a little bit better insight into what her vision was um, and leaning into some of those kind of archetypes. I, I really like intense character breakdowns and what I, I mean, I guess what I mean by that is like objective, who they are, what their background is. And I feel like if I really understand the character and am able to kind of translate and articulate who they are, then I don't have to worry about like what my lines are as much because if I really get whatever is kind of at the core of them, then their lines will just kind of make sense and it will be those lines typically. Um, so this is where my ADD comes in and I forget my point because <laughs> I go on tangents. But um, yes, yes, Your yes. Your influences? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yes, um, I really like archetypes. So going into aspects of like a femme fatale as well as the ingenue, um, and being able to kind of pull at their qualities, um, but be able to see the transitions and to see each, um, character morph into one another. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. So what would you say from this is like your, um, I guess what was the most challenging thing about, um, doing this role? Cause I know that there was, you know, mm -hmm. all the time restrictions and, things like that. So what would you say is probably the, the thing that was most challenging um, in this role? With this role, because she's such a dynamic character, luckily we were filming um, pretty much chronologically, um, which kind of made it easier to more accurately um, express her character arc and um, each scene like appropriately um, to where, where she is in her journey. Um, I think that it did come down to more of like the physical constraints of I was pretty much living out of my car for a month. Um, I like packed everything up and it was a lot of couch mm. surfing. So there's not a lot of sleeping very well. Um, and I think that um, having to take on more of like doing all of the hair and makeup um, and worrying about memorizing lines and making sure that I was set on time and things were right and making sure I did everything in my power to make it as um, easy for Scarlett um, to work with and to be able to execute everything with everything that she had on her plate. Um, amazing. I, I had like probably I'd say like 1.5 nervous breakdowns, which are thankfully not on camera. <laughs> um, 
So kudos <laughs> to her and her amazing life for all of she holding it together. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely right. some pressure points uh, pushed a little too far on certain um, physical things, but having that impact, trying to interpret the role yeah. um, as well as execute it um, authentically and to where I really wanted the character to go. Um, yeah, not having as much preparation and being able to really explore the character as much as I wanted to, um, or I would like to, um, I would think would also be a, a big challenge that we had. Yeah, I mean, you definitely can't tell because it, I don't know, I just feel like you you really dove into this character. And it was, I think you did a great portrayal oh, of her. You. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> and I, it's, it's interesting that you say that you um, did a lot of the hair and makeup yourself because something that I really loved and was impressed with with this movie was just the costumes and the makeup and the hair and how it was really all set yeah, for that it was time. Great. And yeah, the vibe of that was so, so awesome. And I was like, first yeah. of all, it's probably super fun as a woman to just be like, oh, I get to be all fancy and dress in these like super retro clothing. And, you know, and I know that Scarlett had told us a lot of it yeah, was just stuff was. that she had. And I'm like, well, that's that's awesome that she was able to do that, you know. So um, it's interesting that it's really cool, actually, that you you were able to do the hair and makeup yourself because that really adds, obviously, to the the vibe of yeah. that that era and everything. So I... It was very impressive and it was beautifully shot. And I know Jastin, I think before when we were talking to Scarlett had mentioned that one of the best parts of it is just seeing like, you know, <laughs> Phaedra getting all dressed up and made up for the evenings. And it was yeah. just a really cool it was, part it was of the very movie. So, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. To just do it all yourself. <laughs> did that did you did you kind of when you were doing very your method makeup acting. and your hair for that, could you see yourself disappearing mm -hmm. and becoming Phaedra? And did that help you? Yeah, I think that goes into a little bit more of um, I didn't get to interact, I guess, like with the the actual crew and things as and the rest of the cast as much as I would probably normally do because I wanted to stay in that mindset because she is such a um, very unique individual. Um, and some um, I think it was towards the end and I had. I had a, a little bit of a breakdown and I was talking, I was actually texting with Scarlett um, in the, in from my car to her in the van because we obviously like didn't want it to be on camera because I was all blubbery and like crying and like the really ugly snotty crying. That Kardashian cry. Because <laughs> I didn't Kardashian. know what I was like. Oh, it was, it was epic. And all I could think about was like, damn, if we'd only filmed that scene we did yesterday tomorrow, I could have drawn on all of it. <laughs> so I would like right. Yeah, it's for the yeah. role, I promise. And so I would <laughs> when doing my makeup and sitting in front, there's a scene where you um I'm doing the gold scene where I uh have the gold chainmail two-piece outfit, which was, I'm sure, um, apologies to Cam, who was our amazing sound guy uh for Rebel because of all the costumes we had to get very creative with mic placement. Um and clothes can make a lot of noise if it's on the mic and he's got it on his <laughs> earphones. So I had two mics at all times. Um, so I was rocking those double thigh packs. Um, <laughs> so you, so I would be sitting um, on the floor in front of the mirror with all of my products um, around me. And usually I would have the bedroom to myself um, and maybe one of our lovely camera guys <laughs> who I would see over like my shoulder as I'm applying lipstick, trying to be in character. And um, 
sometimes would uh, take you out of it for a little bit of a, a moment, but I would sit there and as I was, I would either put on like a headpiece or have um, like kind of last looks kind of thing. I, I would use that time to really kind of settle in um, to Phaedra. And I think that a lot of the shots you see of her getting ready, um, I actually use um, a lot of the props on the table were my grandmother's, um, as well as my like hairbrush and comb set that I had when I was very little. Um, there's oh, wow. the pair of sunglasses on there is like, and some of the other stuff is actually my great grandmother's um, that I've just like had. So it was really cool to be able to see like all of Scarlett's, the blue dress that I wear. Um, and one of the scenes is actually, I think she said it was her aunt's engagement dress um from 1974 so being able to have all these like pieces of that have story and texture and and i don't know just more to them of substance um kind of helped settle into it more so i would as i would like sit there and put on the lipstick or add more golds it and you're supposed to i was supposed to uh stare into my own eyes and you would um see me saying the mantra um, at the beginning and it definitely helped me, um, very much settle into, um, her, I'd say. Cool. And, um, and you kind of lightly mentioned this earlier, but talk about the rebel film crew also Mm -hmm. being present there, because when we spoke to some of the other directors, they talked often about how sometimes they would have to Mm, accommodate mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. film crew of Rebel Rebel Without a Crew and how sometimes it could be challenging because you're trying to (laughs) film a film, but then you're also being filmed trying to film that film. So talk about that. How how challenging was that for you from an actor's perspective? I definitely say that would be the number one thing, thinking back, uh, that surprised me because I've obviously never been in that kind of situation before being filmed while trying to film. Um, and they would, there would be having to be readjustments of shots. Um, but they were amazing. Um, and obviously like we got to have lunch together and really get to know them. And they were all incredible people who have done like some really, really cool work, really the best of the best. Um, so sometimes, uh, it would get a little frustrating, but because like we were able to like bond and things, um, it made it a little bit like easier in certain regards to be like, Hey, can we please like move this along? Or like, I don't want you in my face right now or something like that, but they have a job to do as well to get their story. Um, so it's very important, but, uh, you can see in the show, uh, there's an episode where I get really, um, it's the, the crying, um, scene and it was obviously breaking down. Sobbing is crying on command. Um, is, kind of one of the like really great skills you hope to have as an actor. Um, but it takes a lot emotionally, energy wise, physically even. Um, and it takes a lot to get into that. So having three cameras pointed at you along with like a crew (laughs) and you're trying to act as well as worried about or thinking about, uh, how you are in between takes as well as on camera and how is this going to be interpreted and, you really just need to be in the, I just really needed to be in the mindset of Phaedra and what was going on. And I couldn't quite get to the point where I needed to get. And so I asked for like a couple minutes, I had to step away um, from everyone so that I could really settle into whatever it was that I decided I was feeling um, in the memory that I was going to be using. Cause I couldn't 
with so much going on, as you can probably tell, I'm very uh, ADD and uh, have lots of things going on. So having so many like stimuli around can really mess with your concentration. Um, but luckily, I was able to step mm-hmm. away and uh, really get grounded and find where I needed to go. And they were very respectful of that, um, as well as whenever like sensitive scenes when things get like a little less clothed and things um, for like closed sets. So they were very um, accommodating with making sure I was comfortable um, while filming because being on a reality show, you can be worried about them editing things in a weird way or like, what if I show something scandalous accidentally because the bathrobe drops or something like that. But uh, luckily, they were all there for the story of the films being made and they were very positive and supportive and they really weren't looking, although like looking for drama and things and uh, things to push along the story, uh, they weren't looking to like make anybody look bad or have anything like scandalous or personal or anything like that. Um, so that was uh, a really nice relief, um, at least afterwards. It's good there was never a point you were just like, I'm trying to relive some trauma here. So if you guys could just get the hell away from me. Give me a moment. Yeah, we did butt heads a little bit. Uh, there is the scene. Well, I won't say there's a scene with a knife and uh, very frantic movements. Um, but I would have to. Yes, I, I have an instant with some with some other characters, little uh, smaller ones and um, the dolls and decide to run to the kitchen and grab a kitchen knife. And I did. We did it all in one shot. A lot of a lot of the takes we did were one shot. Um, so Scarlett likes really um, sorry, not one shot, but um, really long takes. So we would do the scene in uh, one take. Um, so when you see the beginning of it, uh, of me like coming in, um, we would film that entire scene once. And then um, so you I would run all the way down to the kitchen, grab the knife and then run all the way down the hall um, and then finish the scene. But Video Village was one of the side bedrooms because we used Airbnb um, house that was just beyond perfect. It had uh, different props and things like that, that are different items around the house that we ended up using that were totally on um, period. And it was great. Um, just so it happened, worked out, especially with such a low budget. Um, but every now and then someone from the crew would walk into the hall and Phaedra, especially at this point in the movie, does not give a fuck and is very, um, very opposite of young, sweet, uh, ingenue, innocent Phaedra. Well, I don't know if she ever is really innocent, but, um, there was a lot of like, all right, (laughs) I am a crazy woman who is running around with a very large, uh, chef's knife. You will get the fuck out of my way. (laughs) <laughs> and stay in Video Village or you will stay over here. Like talking to probably like a producer, like Big Name was like, I understand <laughs> that like y'all are trying to do your job. I'm also just trying not to stab anyone. So if you get the hell out of my way, do not come in this hallway for the next like 10 minutes. Like I don't care if you need a shot or whatever, like you need to get something or whatever. You will stay over here and stay out of my way. End of story. Okay. <laughs> That's probably like my only one like semi-diva moment but it was more of a safety issue than anything also i didn't <laughs> want to like murder anyone for real because that would be really awkward right. especially since it's all on film 
yeah. So that would yeah, be like seriously. the main like interaction uh, with the filming side um, for the show and the actual film uh, being in conflict. Well, you heard it right here first on Cinema Slayers, young actors and actresses. If you want to get your way in the scene, make sure you have a knife. <laughs> yes, Basically. a very large, sharp knife. Yeah, no little, not a little, little pocket Actually, knife. I do not recommend that. Let's let that be on the record. Like, that bitch please. Well, I used to sell knives, so I, I'm all about, uh, I used to sell kitchen knives, so I've experienced a lot of knives. Uh connoisseur that that prepares you i worked retail for a, a long time i cook a lot and that prepares you to hear no in the worst coldest oh harshest. i, did, I, I, I knew it you said, you said i said i was like i know exactly what the <laughs> fuck she did you didn't have <laughs> i knew exactly what oh, you saw yeah. i was like oh i know this i know this i sold like 36 oh, grand shit. worth of them. I did the whole like 10K hey. in 10 days. Man, I, I can is, tell you about some kitchen knives. Well, I cook all the time. I pretty much cook like 90% of what I eat. Um, so I'm I'm all about a good tool to use. I need, that sounds I need, really dirty. I need to get on that, man. <laughs> My wife just made some lasagna tonight. It's a skillet lasagna, so it's not like Typical lasagna. And it made me forgive mm. the Italians for Jersey Shore. It really did. I was like, holy shit, man. Well, that wasn't really their fault. I mean, I mean, uh, what's her face? <laughs> Snooki is actually okay, born but in Chile, that, but still, um, Or something was adopted by like, Italian well, That's kind of like with Transformers. Like, I don't like the first Transformers movie because of what it brought. You know, I was just like, I was like, I was just like, now mm, all of them are mm-hmm. shitty because of what this first one did. So, you know, I'm just... They just, they they just, just ruined any, it. everything that came after it just made it worse. So I'm just saying, man, you, you may say, oh, the Italians didn't cause that, but think about this. You can watch that show and I want you to get, you're going to get, you need a considerable amount of alcohol. And every time you hear the word, every time you hear the word <laughs> Italian, you take a drink and then you fucking tell me, cause I've played this game. You will not last. It will break you. Oh, you will be broken, ma'am. I think the, the last film drinking game I did was in my dorm room at BU because it was snowing like it does in Boston. And we did um, Fight Club. A girlfriend of mine uh, and I sat on our floor and watched um, Fight Club on her little computer. Um, and What was yeah, the drinking game? What were you, what were you supposed to drink? Um, often, <laughs> often no- as it turns out, uh, that's the problem with drinking game. Is you're supposed to like? I don't remember what the rules were. There were a lot of them. Um, we made a lot of like very creative, strange drinking games in college, like pass the boot, which involved um an actual probably very unsanitary boot, and like our student IDs and regular IDs and truth or dare plus. Never, oh, have, yeah, I never ever, have I ever and lots yeah. of booze. So yeah, it was a big um smashing together. King's Crown. Of, um, you ever play that? Different kinds of debauchery. Yeah, well, King's Cup. Well, yeah, same difference. Same difference? Yeah. Sometimes King's Crown, sometimes King's Cup. Yeah, that's a that's a classic. Yeah, yeah I think I got uh, most of my drinking done, luckily, like in my early twenties. Um, because I think like after twenty five, I've just not had as much. But I can appreciate a good drinking game um, and every now and then if it's good enough, I suppose, or interesting enough, I'll partake. So I'll make a list of all these I'm pretty games. boring now my drink. I don't drink to get fucked up. Yeah, you know, I'll just drink because I want to drink. And then several drinks later, 
Yeah, like if I'm drinking, it has to be worth yeah. it. It has to be good, like a really good cocktail. Or um, that was the thing in Houston. They've got a couple places down there that are just amazing, um, and they're pretty much the only three bars that I go to <laughs> um, when down there. But a really great craft cocktail um, with I think I do like edible flowers on some of them, and um, they're just amazing. Um, that that I I'm will willing do. to try anything once, but I've really gotten into just drinking whiskey on the rocks and like scotches and and I love beer. I drank a lot of whiskey and scotch mm-hmm. when I worked in the industry. I worked in a, uh, a bar and lounge, and uh, yeah, that was that was the early twenties. Yeah. I just well, I hang out with a lot of people who um, make a lot more money than but, me, and so you, yeah, that's <laughs> well, that's how go. they drink exactly. stuff. They never had chasers, so I was just like, all right, I guess I'm gonna have to drink this shit straight now. Yeah, no, and so it, it, it is. It is. Yeah. I'm like, wow, man. Um, when when your birthday comes around, you're not fucking getting this from me. When I bring a bottle over, it'll still be nice, but it's not <laughs> going to be this because I have kids and responsibilities. Yeah, I drink a yeah. lot of JMO. Yeah, that was. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm now. I'm in the Maker's Forty Six. So you know, that's a it's a it's a really nice uh-huh. one. I don't know if you ever had it before, but. That's a nice one to see. I have, yeah. There was a really great bourbon whiskey bar um, in Middletown, um, and also did wood fire Ooh, pizzas yeah. where I studied for my like uh, some whiskey of my exams, which I don't really recommend going to a bourbon bar with pizza to study for exams. But you know, did you pass? I made did you graduate? Um, did you fight? Did it I work? did. I graduated from Wesleyan University. Wife. Yep, uh, in my Middletown, Connecticut. She, she graduated from oh, Oklahoma really? Wesleyan. So. Uh, okay. Well, I was in yeah. uh, Connecticut and um, with Kenneth Kniff. Yeah, uh, I think my. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody got that reference, I'm really happy. I think my <laughs> uh, my favorite, I think, was uh, I've Monkey never Shoulder. Had, I've never had that. I think that was the one that I Monkey ate. Shoulder. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's funny because my favorite gin is Monkey Forty Seven. So you know, apparently, all I'm just about all about the monkeys. Monkey Shoulder is my uncle's favorite. That's actually how I know that one. I've bought him a couple of bottles for holidays and stuff. See, it's Monkey nice. Shoulder it's and Monkey one. 47, right? <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. you know, maybe we'll meet one day and I'll buy you some monkey. And when you can do the monkey with my Johnny Bravo, do the monkey with me. Come on. And we'll be drinking. <laughs> we'll, be doing, ah. we'll be doing that. So I actually had another. I have another. I have that, another question. I have to get this out before I forget it. Okay. So yes, have you ever worked on a movie with a budget this small before? I've worked on uh, movies where I've uh, mm-hmm. contributed yes. money too, because uh, there was literally <laughs> zero budget. Uh, a lot of one of the beautiful and challenging things about being in the Southwest market uh, is a lot of do it yourself um, as well as starting out. But there are the passion that people have to be able to create with nothing. Um, We did a lot of like 48 hour um, film contest kind of things um, with my best friend who's more on the production side. Um, She's an amazing, um, amazing person. And is really trying to make strides for female directors as well as um, crew and uh, doing a lot of her projects. It's it's a lot of just we're here. Um, there's no money involved at all. It's just everyone kind of coming together um, to create something. So to be able to have a show like this um, where you have close to nothing um, but have all of these people who are... Um, just ready to be there and to do it um, and to be able to 
show something and saying, we can do this here. You can do it on your scale and just to try to inspire and um, really spark more people to go out there and do and not have the excuse of like, oh, well, we don't have any money for this or like, oh, it's only like six million dollars for this movie or two hundred thousand dollars. And like, that's nothing We're like, well, call me when you have seven grand and we'll talk about nothing. Um, so it's just, um, yeah. what do you feel you learned? Like, what's your, what's something you took from the shooting of this film? You know, uh, you, you spoke a lot about the passion and things like that, but is there anything that now, you know, mm -hmm. did, did anything like change you from this experience? Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, being on a set for and filming every single day for 14 days, um, we had weekends off, um, it really you're immersed in the making a movie um environment and you're in it and it uh definitely gave me a better insight and experience of just how to be on a set at that kind of level as well as um how much goes into it as well as like learning how to make sure mics are placed right it's funny going on to um some acting gigs that i've had out here and how the sound guy is surprised that i actually know like what top stick is and how to put um, certain things um, together or just the way I interact with people on set now um, on both sides of understanding the production side, as well as um, just everything that is going on, all of the pieces. It's really, um, I think it made me a better professional as well as um, just invigorating this desire to learn every aspect of filmmaking um, more so. Uh, so I think I realized I had a greater, um, I guess, appetite for all of um, the aspects of it uh, than I previously thought of just being an actress, um, thinking about maybe there is a possibility of directing. Um, maybe there is other stuff that I really want to do. Um, so I think learning that about myself as well as um, just everything that goes into making a film uh, is much more um than what I had experienced before, as well as being able to operate and still uh, push through on either the little sleep or not knowing what's going on or things going pear-shaped and just having to push through. So I think learning that the limits are a lot further away, they're not maxed out. Um, I've not hit like that threshold yet. Um, yeah, those are definitely some life lessons I've had. Those are those are great. I was just about to say, me think someone's been bitten by the directing bug. <laughs> might, might say you on season two, eh? <laughs> well, I, that would be uh, quite. I don't think I'm much of a writer as much, although I'm sure my mother would beg to differ because I have this nasty habit of being able to predict things in shows and movies where we'll be sitting there. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to do this or I'll say a line. And that's exactly what the character says. And she's like, why don't you just write? I was like, no, I just understand the way this plot line goes, and it's kind of repetitive. Derivative. Then again, this is the sixth <laughs> hour of Hallmark yeah. movies that we've been watching, so it's, yeah, exactly. Um, right. So, but I did have um, a little experience doing some acting classes. My background's actually, I came uh, into musical theater um, yes. as a theater kid ish never in school uh i acted i was at humphreys uh school for the 
Um, Theater Under the Stars in Houston is where I started training uh, when I was 15 um, and doing their main stage shows. It's an amazing program. Um, they also have an amazing program at the River, which is for special, um, I think, needs children and really giving them an opportunity um, to just be a normal participant in the arts. And, oh, where was I going? This is where you edit this out, right? What was the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, um, I, I don't. I don't know. I just. I've been. I've been. In, I've been. I've been ensnared by. Uh, it was something about being derivative and you writing, and then your first acting experience was at Humphreys, oh, yeah, and then you transitioned yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. else. There you go. I got you. So yeah. sorry. Yeah. See, this is this is where the ADD comes into like my train yeah. writing and possibly <laughs> yes, directing. Yes. yes. So yes. Doing <laughs> acting classes um, and helping teach them. And helping my friends with their self tapes. And I'm often the one who's like, well, what if we tried this? Like, have you thought about this? And asking them questions about it. And so they're like, why don't you just like direct something? I was like, is that okay? Am I giving too many like notes on something? So now I'm like, well, I, uh, I messaged Alejandra or he, we were, we were talking because he was here and I got to see, uh, Monday at, um, one of the screenings in Los Angeles at the, uh, I think it was the Holly Shorts, I think. It was about two blocks away from my apartment. So that was amazing um, to be able to just walk right on over and see everyone. Um, was that your first time seeing um, somebody else's it movie? It was. Okay, awesome. No, actually, uh, it was first time seeing Monday. I When I decided to move to L.A. at the end of April, May, um, I was, was pretty much the 17th person that told me that if I'm going to really do this, after about uh, 12, 13 years off and on of acting professionally, I just needed to be in L.A. already. Um, so I took a trip out here early June uh, to stake out the neighborhoods and everything. And it just so happened it was the same weekend that Josh was here screening Good Exorcist. Um, so I was able to uh, double dose, um, see Good Exorcist, That's awesome. and look at some apartments. And then uh, right Right when I got here uh, in August, September, I got to see Monday. So now I've just got to see the other two. And we have played to watch all the Red uh, Wild Crew Films games. So we understand where you're at there. It's yeah. fitting into the sedual. It's a toughie. But it's, it was really yeah. cool getting up, watching before everybody else, though. That was, I felt very legitimate yeah, sure. during that time. <laughs> yeah, I took my best friend. Um, to the screening at South by. Um, so it was like, she was the one who knew all of the things about the movie. And so we would try to like explain something like, well, ask, ask Olivia. She's like the only person who'd seen it of like my friends and family, um, who hadn't been a part of it. So yeah, I know the exclusivity feeling. <laughs> it's super nice. I, I haven't, I, I guess I lose some texts and points cause I've never been to South by before. I'm going to make it there. So that was my first time. Oh, really? That was my first time, yeah. Well, you're still beating my own. I've also ass. never been to ACL. Yeah, I haven't been there either. I haven't, I haven't been there either. I gotta, I gotta fix that. Gotta go. I've never been to any festival of all, except for like bullshit festivals like Midland, Texas Festival of the Arts. I'm not saying the arts. <laughs> I just, uh, oh God, just bullshit. Oh God. I, I've never gone to anything legitimate like that. So I'm gonna do that. I just can't wait till my son starts crapping himself. When he stops doing that, I'm gonna go do something like that. You can't leave kids if they're still pooping themselves with people. It's not fair. <laughs> Especially like my kid. He poops like once every seven days. 
So it's always oh goodness. It's always like it's always like a an, an event. It's like a like a <laughs> it's like a secret boss on a fighting game. It's like <laughs> you think you've beaten it, and then it's like master dump. And it comes, yeah, be like this kid. I mean, it's impressive. It's Giga Bowser <laughs> when it when he comes out. I mean, it's. How crazy. old is he? He's only three. He's almost four, but he he poops like a like a three hundred pound a grown man. No, he's <laughs> like a three hundred pound grown man who eats nothing but protein and drinks no water. Oh. It's just something oh. masses. It's crazy. Yeah, birth I've control changed a right few there. Diapers in my day. That yeah. 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 Oh, he's he is the worst. Mm-hmm. I, he, when he was a child, it was toxic. I mean, I've never. I didn't know a human could produce that <laughs> level of foulness. Like Andy Dufresne would be like, oh, that's the worst smelling shit I've ever smelled in my life. That's how potent and bad it is. He's, oh, he's, I mean, it really is impressive. He, he impresses me what he, <laughs> what he can do. I mean, if that's what his poop is, he's going to be an amazing person. He's just, he's an overachiever <laughs> in everything. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. I, I can't keep my kids out of these podcasts. Sorry, guys. Every, every. Well, I'm, I'm sure that's where Josh gets lots of his inspiration from. I mean, kids are insanely creative and have no bounds. So, yeah, they really don't. They, they don't. That's great stuff. All right. So, um, uh, that's enough out of me. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I had just one more question mm-hmm. that I had for you. Um, so you, since you were mentioning directing and everything, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention Robert yeah. Rodriguez. Did, did you get to have any interactions with him or did he get to see yeah. you do any of these scenes or talk to us about any so, experience with him? Unfortunately, and I guess luckily, our set really didn't have a lot of the trauma and challenges. Things worked pretty smoothly. Scarlett was amazing so there weren't a lot of causes for robert to come to set um because usually as you see in the show something like tragic happens or there's a problem or something comes up um so he pops in and gives his wonderful words of wisdom and everything and (laughs) fixes all the things um (laughs) but the one scene uh or the one i said where he comes uh in to talk to Scarlett and they talk about uh, how she took some film classes before this or some camera classes and how he had never taken a class or something. Um, well, right before that, we had been shooting um, these scenes where I think either I had just done cocaine for the first time or something, or I was like, I think it was like the first time shooting that um, or with it. And I'm on the phone in the kitchen and you see uh there's a doorway um, to the driveway and I'm trying to do my fader because she has fader has a bit of a different voice than I do. Um, and I think that is like very reflective of her character. So I'm on the phone. I think I was uh, uh, trying to find a job and I look up and there is Cecilia Conti and Robert Rodriguez just staring at me through the window in this door outside. <laughs> and so I try to maintain my composure. Um, and make sure I'm not like breaking character or anything because we only have so many hours to shoot. Um, so he comes in. Wow. I can <laughs> yeah. only imagine. Um, so of course they're like, Oh, Robert's here. And they're like, Oh, okay. Obviously we'll stop filming for a second. So he comes in, they chat. Um, we, I actually got to like say, I think 
we, he spoke to both, uh, Chris, who is the DP, um, and myself. And so I got to like say a couple of things. It was about like Scarlett and I working together. He asked me a question. Of course, I cannot remember it because I was a little fuzzy at that time of seeing just a a little, a little like caught up in what was, I was like, I don't know what's going on, but this is great. Um, Yes. So he's about to leave. He's like, do you mind if I stay and watch a little bit? And of course he's like there to watch Scarlet. Um, but a lot of the days it was just me filming. So a lot of, um, that time was just Chris, Scarlet and I on set. Um, so at this point when he's asking to watch, it's just pretty much me <laughs> and only me, um, there. And she, yeah. Wow. Well, no pressure. Add, no pressure. Just, just Robert Rodriguez. To that, Scarlett's like, all right. So what you've been doing, but do a totally different job and just kind of improv it, you know, just do something else. Just do it the same, but different, basically. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Oh my cool. goodness. Now I gotta like really turn it on and Robert's watching and everyone. Cause it's not just like it's not just you and the director of like this intimate like work. It's like you and director and the DP and then the other two camera guys and then the producer and then the PA and the sound guy and like everyone just standing in front of you. Um so he and um Cecilia, who's lovely as anything, um, stand and watch. And I do the scene um, where I make all the calls again. And at the end, when she yells cut, he he goes, wow, what a cool voice. And I was like, oh. So Phaedra's, uh, he apparently really liked uh, Phaedra's voice in that. That But yeah, that was my interaction uh, with Lee Robert Rodriguez. Wow. Well, not a pressured (laughs) situation at all. But that was great. I'm pretty sure you had to be on cloud yeah. nine after that. I mean, to get a compliment yeah. from someone like, like that, oh, I'm sure. I didn't know if it was working. You don't like, as an, especially I'm very, very, uh, self-critical, um, which can be a great thing and a bad thing, a little bit of a perfectionist. Um, so I'm always like, did I actually give them what they yeah. wanted? Like, are they just being nice? And I'm like, no, they're not just being nice. Like if they didn't get it, they're not just going to waste the time. They're going to get it until they're going to do it until they get it. So, uh, just to have that kind of like reaffirmation of my choices, uh, especially with the character, because she's such a dynamic um, person. Uh, it was it was really great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is all from me. All right. Well, we do appreciate you coming on, Sarah. This has been super fun and super awesome. You were the first person uh, that was on the acting side uh, that came into this. We've had the directors, mm-hmm. we've had Ryan, the producer and everything, but we haven't had anybody that was kind of just solely in front camera people. I mean, I say solely, mm-hmm. I know like a lot of you guys did a lot of stuff back <laughs> behind too, but you know, you were there to be the actor. And everything. Intentionally. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so this has been super fun. We're, we're trying to hit, you know, those types of people now um, just to kind of like round out everything since it is coming back, you know, to the air for people for most people to see mm-hmm. it the first time because it's actually being on on cable now um but no we really have super enjoyed this um where can people find you sarah if they you know want to see more of you or anything like that yeah um so my website is soon to be launching it's the sarah burkett.com um so i'm working working on that as well as on instagram at sarah litton um l-i-t-t-o-n it's my middle name and definitely on facebook 
Um, so you can look out for new projects in the pipeline as well as uh, catching Rebel and hopefully um, Phaedra soon. All right. And other than that, guys, you know, make sure you check out the website, www.cinemaslayers.com. We've got our Threadless store if you ever want to get any merch, anything like that there. Uh, you know, like, share, uh, you know, all that stuff on, on, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. We've done some of these movie matchups and we've done some reviews of some movies. So if you guys like what we said, disagree with what we said, you know, make sure you let us know what you did like or disagree with. And other than that, we do want to say that, you know, feel the loss of Stan Lee. Like that was, you know, a big hit to uh, a lot of us. Cause I mean, I grew up on Marvel comics. I wasn't, you know, a DC fan that much growing up. You know, everybody likes Batman, but 99% of all the comics I read growing up were, you know, Marvel and, you know, maybe 95% of those were created by Stan Lee ultimately. So, I mean, that was just a big monumental loss. Like, you know, somebody who's influenced my life, like in almost every facet of it, because like I said, just everything about what I did growing up, I mean, collected comics, I collected, you know, the trading cards. I had like a billion of those. I had the complete set of the Marvel 1995 Fleer cards at one point, you know, and I think those got sold at a garage sale because, you know, that's what parents do. Once you go to college, they just sell all your shit that's valuable. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely feeling that loss. And I know, I know Devin and Jasna are, cause I mean, we've had just a billion com conversations outside of, you know, even the podcast of, you know, comics and everything like that. So, you know, that's definitely a big, big thing for us. And I also want to, you know, comment on some news we got today from, uh, the West Texas area. Um, there is a man out there that has had some that, well, me and him have had some disagreements with some stuff like that, but, um, the director of Circus of the Dead, Billy Pond, was uh, announced today that he was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer. And like us at Cinema Slayers, like ultimately, no matter what, we we, we don't want to hear anything like that. Like it's, you know, it, it's deeply saddening, saddening. And while, you know, like I said, me and him did have disagreements about some stuff. I mean, I'll be the first to say I was looking forward to whatever he was going to come out with next. And, you know, this news is incredibly saddening and we just want to let him and his fans know that he is in our thoughts and we will be putting a link to the uh, GoFundMe um, that's, you know, to help him pay for, you know, medical bills and stuff like that uh, to help him, you know, with this battle he's going through. I will put that in the uh, show description. Uh, so if you guys want to go donate, just whatever you can, that'd be super awesome. I know he'd appreciate it and I know a lot of people would appreciate it. And that's definitely something I'm going to be doing. So. Thank you guys for listening. Mm -hmm.